You're listening to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. Youth ministry isn't easy, and you don't have much time. That's why this is a car ride's worth of content to help you reimagine, revive, and rebuild youth ministry. Welcome to Uprising, the Rebuilt Student Podcast. I'm Allie, your host, and today's car ride's worth of content is going to be a great one. We're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic, preteen boys. But before we jump into that, Daniel, what are you loving other than preteen boys today? Yeah, I love preteen boys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, we've talked about this before. We use Google Drive Mm -hmm. for a lot of things and they've enhanced it as we've used it the last couple of years. Lots of new tools. We create most of our stuff in there now so we can collaborate. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I found just this week such a great advancement. If you make a doc in Google Docs, you used to be able to, they have a bulleted list. You can have a Mm -hmm. numbered list. Now they have a checklist. So if you're doing like a collaborative uh, to-do list, Mm -hmm. task list together, you can check stuff off and it crosses it off as you finish things. Very exciting. It's very satisfying. I love it. It's so satisfying. I'm a list person. Yeah, we are both list people. So we do that on our own, writing it down and crossing it off. So being able to have it on our computer and do that. Mm-hmm. That is so good. I am loving that as well. Can I just say one more thing that I'm loving? This is a bonus thing <laughs> oh, that I'm a loving. Bonus, two things. I found if you you can have a file in two places on Google Drive <laughs> now, and I was so excited about this because I tried to figure it out for a long time. And it's really easy to do. If you hit File, Add Shortcut to Drive, you can put the same file in two different places, even two different drives. So exciting. Very handy. It's I love Google Drive. Nerdiest things that I've ever shared on this I know. show. Google Drive, I really like those. So people have a love-hate relationship or a very strong opinion sometimes about it, but I think it works great for us for collaboration, for editing messages and different things. Yep. I love it. Well, I'm loving, as always, Preteen Boys and Google Doc, Docs and Drive, but I'm also loving flowers. Such a girly thing to say, I feel like, but I really am, and admittedly, I don't have the greatest green thumb like I'd love to grow herbs and stuff and Mm -hmm. plants but flowers from the grocery store and breaking them up and arranging them and filling vases I have no joke like eight vases in my home at all times that are filled with flowers Hmm. and it just brings me joy I love it I have fun doing it it's very relaxing to me and super satisfying and the other day I got home and my fiance had surprised me and filled all of these vases with brand new flowers and made different arrangements and cut all the stems to the right length and the poor thing that is not his gift and he it probably took him three times as long as it would have taken me and it made my day but Good that job, brought me ben. joy yeah the flowers in general always bring me joy but somebody making my day with the flowers in all of my vases that was i was loving that too did you pick out your flowers for your wedding yet yes all the flowers. Looking forward to it. (laughs) Well, we are in the second week of our series, The Art of Group Talk. We'll be going over content throughout this series from the Art of Group Talk books from Orange. And they're all about having great conversations in small group with the next generation. We talked about kids because great kids small groups are basis for great student small groups. So now today we are focusing on preteen boys, which 
maybe arguably the most challenging of them all to have great conversations. Yeah, just when you think they're listening, one of them farts <laughs> or shouts or climbs out the window or breaks something <laughs> or makes fun of someone. But today we're going to fix every small group conversation oh, yeah. that you have with middle school boys so they all go perfectly and peacefully yep. and fruitfully. <laughs> um, no, we can't promise that. No one in the world can. And if they do promise that, they are lying <laughs> through their teeth. But we will share the best tips that we've learned from the art of group talk and from our own experience. Yes. So each of these books are broken into five sections, prepare, connect, know, engage, and move. So we're borrowing and adding our own thoughts each episode. So it's sort of like an episode with the best of the season highlights here. So here are a couple tips to prepare, especially when it comes to preteen boys. And the first is to pray. Pray before your small group because they need it and pray because you need it. How often do you think small group leaders really actually do this? It sounds good to say, but it's more difficult to do it. But write the names of your boys down. Pray for them and pray for yourself, for patience, for tools, for the right words, for discipline when it's needed. Start with prayer before you get to small group and pray then once you're there with your group. You can usually do that at the start or at the end of your time together. It feels obvious, but it needs to be said. There's no such thing as praying too much, right? God does not get sick of hearing our voices. And the second is ruthless evaluation. When something goes wrong in your group, don't just lament it. Learn from it. How can you be, do better next time? How can you remove a distraction? How do you respond when Billy farts or when Ryan climbs out the window? Prepare yourself for the next situation. We like to say it's ruthless, but not heartless evaluation. And it only works if you have trust in your team. We do have some other episodes on that topic, so you can check them out as well. But when you ruthlessly evaluate your own leadership, your own small group time, it just helps you be better for the next time you're in one of those fun preteen boy situations. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so pray, ruthless evaluation, and then you actually get to the group and you're sitting face to face with these preteen <laughs> boys, how do you initiate the conversation? So we're going to just give some tips for small talk. Um, it's time to small talk with your preteen boys. Uh, yay? <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Get excited. It can be very challenging. So just a couple of tips. Um, one is to find common ground. Ask them about their favorite mm -hmm. movies, games, sports teams, shoes, activities, there is something that you have in common or that he has in common with someone else. Oh, you love anime? So does Josh. I Find... have no idea what it is, but you two can That's talk great. about you it. You two talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So just look for common ground. That's one way to start small talk. Another way to start it is to follow up with things that you've heard them say. So ask about something that you heard him say last time. How'd that math test go? How was your lacrosse tournament last weekend? Mm -hmm. Hey, how's your mom feeling after a trip to the ER? So you can find common ground, you can follow up, or one other strategy for small talk, be a helpless leader. Mm -hmm. And this is to the, the idea that you're gonna treat them like experts. Even though they're middle schoolers, they can be experts in certain things. So ask them, you know, say, I need to go out and get new shoes this week. Like, what is cool? What kind of shoes should I get? How do I do this on my phone? That's always a good oh, one. Yeah. 
<laughs> I legitimately be prepared to, to get a little bit made fun of, but it still works. It totally. Gets... Get them talking and mm-hmm. they can show you their experts. Have you ever gone to Hershey Park? What rides do I need to go mm-hmm. on? Just find something that they can be an expert in and ask them about it. The goal is to just get them talking about something that interests them. Part of the small group experience is just honestly learning social skills at this Mm -hmm. age. So we want to just get them talking and that's a couple of strategies on how you can do it. Next um, is to learn names. You have to learn them and you learn them quickly, like within two weeks. It's absolutely crucial. But if you're like me, you may not be the best with names. So how do you do this? couple tips here. Ask the first week. Obviously, you're going to have to. I mean, you might have a group list, but still ask them as you go around the room for each one to introduce themselves and write them down and say it again. Repeat it. Well, it's nice to meet you, Chris. And then say again later on, Chris, do you have an answer for that question? Use everyone's name each week. The second week, it's still okay to ask and you can be apologetic if you don't remember right away, but just say, I'm going to get it. I promise I'm working on it. So for the couple of names you can't remember after you've repeated and you continue to use them, it's been a couple weeks, you can come up with a memory device. Daniel uses this every year. Poor thing, Daniel has to get up there during our two confirmation masses with close to 200 kids, 150 to close to 200 kids each year. We have split between two masses and Daniel gets up and reads every single name, first and last name. And some of them, you never use their last names. Are not easy to pronounce. I know. I know. We had a tough one this year too. We had, I'll spell it for our listeners first. (laughs) The name is spelled G-I-E-S-E. Which in mass, I said Gisa. Yeah. Which I knew was wrong when yeah, I said it. Yeah, it sounds like it mass, ends with an A. And you practiced too. You knew I you did. were going to say that. But it's pronounced geezy. So, you know, Daniel tries to make little notes, writes it out on how to actually pronounce it. But even easier than that, to help remember off the top of your head, you can say geezy rhymes with easy. It's easy like geezy. Whatever you need to do to make it click in your head. You don't have to do this for all your students, but those couple of ones that you just can't get for some reason as much as you try, it can help you remember. And you can also ask another adult who knows them if it's later in the semester of the year and you feel like you should know their name already. Just lean over and be like, what is their name again? Not to call them out that you don't Mm -hmm. remember them because you never want to make them feel like you don't remember. But knowing their names is so crucial and can make a big difference within your conversation because it makes them know that they are known. So one other tip, maybe a preemptive bright idea before we get to the end of the episode, is to even make a photo directory of your students for small group leaders. You do have to get your permission to take pictures a lot of times of underage students. Um, We do this within our database and things we get consent from parents. So your church may be able to help out with you or your database may be able to help you out, organize that. Um, But if you just take a group photo and be able to put the name to the face every once in a while to test yourself almost that can be really helpful yeah it is a little bit of work but a photo directory is very useful Mm -hmm. all right next tip how to have great conversations with preteen boys you gotta go to their level so know their world a little bit at least a little bit fart not (laughs) the farts although they'd probably respect you if you did that (laughs) (laughs) some of the time We're not advocating for that. Okay. (laughs) So this may be the most important age that we need to enter their world. 
I think. What do you think, Allie? Mm-hmm. Like, I think we can. It's important at it's all ages, but I think age it's for a it's, lot of things. But yeah, yeah it's like the hardest mm-hmm. of all of them to enter their world. Um, it probably just takes the most effort mm-hmm. um, when they're in middle school. There was a leader a couple of years ago named Dave for us, and I remember walking him walking out with one of the boys in his group, and he had his arm around him, or he was like definitely like focusing in on this kid as they walked mm-hmm. out. Very quiet kid, like really tough to connect with, a little bit emo, sort of. Mm-hmm. And Dave walks out and he's like, listen, what's the game that you play? Because I'm gonna go get an account and I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch you play. And Dave was like, I am gonna connect with you, bud. <laughs> just so you know. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> yep. um, because he knew that that mattered to him. Mm-hmm. So that is like entering their world. Um, and how shocked would middle schoolers be if you came to their sporting events? And what a great chance to connect with their parents, mm-hmm. too. So um, another way that you can kind of know their world, and this will come with time, hopefully, throughout the years you talk to them. But know their families. Mm-hmm. Know if they have single parents or maybe there's no mom or dad in the picture and they're being raised by somebody else. Know when they have sibling difficulties or when they have a death in the family or Maybe there's been recent divorce or infidelity in their family. And based on those things, as you know them, you may need to adjust the message, the Mm -hmm. conversation, the questions for, even if it's just for a person in your group, but sometimes it's kind of the group as a whole. But when you know their world, you're a lot more likely to know what to say, what not to say, when to celebrate, when to challenge them, when to comfort them. So you got to be in their world and know it. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And another tip is that structure matters more for middle schoolers. Preteens and early teens are more likely to thrive with a routine. So when they know what to expect and the expectations for their behavior, they may not think they like it or realize they need it. But that is how they can thrive. So everything in their life is changing at this time. I mean, their bodies, their school, their interests, their hormones, their families. And you can be a place of stability. So find a routine for your group. You don't need to drill through the questions one by one. But we found segmenting the time into blocks and sticking to that rhythm is effective with this age group. You start off with welcoming and small talk and then you go around and do check-ins and highs and lows maybe you play a game or do an activity then you move on to the small group questions in reaction to the message then you end with the prayer it doesn't have to be that exact rhythm just some kind of rhythm so they know what to to expect and their energy levels and their focus will move along that rhythm because there is an expectation so whatever rhythm the rhythm you find Find it, stick to it, break from it occasionally as a special night, and remember that preteens thrive with that structure. Well, I feel like we've given all the tips that people need to have perfect yeah. conversations with so preteen boys. So easy to right, have Allie? conversations <laughs> with preteen boys. Yeah. Just keep at it. I mean, that's probably mm-hmm. the biggest tip that we have. It's not going to feel great week to week, but there will be little moments and Mm -hmm. the accumulation, we keep coming back to that, is what matters, the cumulative effect of these conversations Mm -hmm. over years even. So we'll end with this one bright idea. Sometimes your questions don't land that well and they need to be rephrased. Mm -hmm. And you don't really know that until you're on the spot. And this really is kind of an art, but middle schoolers do better with concrete questions. That's still really how their mind works. We say this with little kids. It's still true with middle schoolers. Instead of asking something like, how is your prayer life? Maybe that's the question that's written on the sheet. That's an abstract question. Start with this. 
on a scale of one to five, how close are you to God right now? Mm -hmm. It's basically the same question. It's just so much more concrete for them. And the more that you can use real life examples and structure, the more they'll be able to process and respond and compare to something that they know. There is a time for abstract thinking and problem solving. You do need those questions as well, but it's less with middle schoolers than it is with high schoolers. Yes, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We love you all very much. Next week, we will continue our conversations on the group, the art of group talk, and we'll be focusing on preteen girls. 